listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey there, I'm Adam Solarzik. And I'm Joe Struess. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And this is the Past the Forecast podcast. And it is episode 24. We're continuing to roll along here and we're going to continue to bring you things that go past the forecast, including we're just going to jump right into it in our What the Hail segment. What the hail? So we did this once before, and I think we enjoyed it because it's a little venting session for us, and it allows us to interact with people that might not think that we're interacting with them. Uh, We are going to read some mean comments. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it seems like it comes and goes. Like, we'll go a period where we don't necessarily get a lot of the hate. And then out of nowhere, it's like they all just decide we're a big problem. Um, again, said it before, the weather constantly changes. I have to say, though, Adam, looking at the past couple of weeks, all four of us here, as a combined effort, have had a very good control over the one to four or five day forecast. Which is all you really should be keeping a very keen eye on and taking at face value because after that as we've talked about before once we get towards day six seven and beyond it's going to change quite a bit it has the potential to at least change quite a bit as the models get a better handle on things and some of this was brought on by the rain that we saw on monday and we'll talk about that later in tracking the topics uh the amounts of rain because it was quite substantial in some areas and other areas did not see much. So this first one comes from Roger. He says, you should ask what the counties north of you have gotten. Kendallville has gotten 80% of the rainfall Fort Wayne has received. Not gotten. Not gotten 80%. Has, yeah, has, sorry, has not gotten. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know why that's our fault. We are well aware of the areas that have and have not gotten rain, but... Whenever certain places receive over two inches of rain, that's noteworthy whenever they get that, especially in the course of an hour or two, right? So we hope that Kendallville and areas off to the north, which are now clearly the focus of the drier uh, last couple of weeks, hopefully they can get some rain here soon. A few isolated showers for the next couple of days. Not going to be anything really substantial, unfortunately, but maybe just enough to give you a quick uh, water of your garden or your grass. Otherwise, it's still going to be uh, pretty dry. So we'll be, we, we don't control it. We can't make the rain go where it's been dry. It's, it's been dry everywhere. So this just so happened to be the southern half of the area that got the rain. That's right. And if you really want to look at it, Mr. Roger here, we had a 60% chance for scattered thunderstorms going into Monday. That's the event Roger is referring to. 60% chance for scattered thunderstorms. Okay, scattered thunderstorms. It means there's a high likelihood at that point, 60%, more than likely, that we're going to have thunderstorms, but they're going to be scattered in nature, not necessarily everybody going to see them. To me, I thought we handled it pretty well. I guess Roger wasn't a fan. I think that most people think whenever we put any kind of chance for rain that it's going to rain. Right. And they might look at the percentage of rain and how heavy the rain's going to be. Right. That's not the case. Exactly. We can put a 20% out for a torrential downpour that's going to be a pop-up around the area, which we have done in the past. Go back to last year, the Patriotic Pops concert that you were at. Oh, yeah. I think we had a 20% out that day, and one 
shower decided to pop over the area right over Parkview Field, and it rained. It rained for a long time, too. But the rest of the viewing area? Everybody was dry. Even here at Wayne, I think we were dry. Yeah, it was just, it, it could be very isolated or it can be widespread. And even if it's widespread, some areas are obviously going to get more rain than others. And that's what happened on Monday. So thank you for your comment, Roger. Thanks for watching and following us on social media. Just uh, know we're hoping you get some rain. Brittany, comment number two. Y'all are wrong. Excuse me. Excuse me. Read it as written. Y'all wrong all the time. Okay. Thank you, Brittany. Uh, well, we missed we missed the high temperature by one degree on Saturday. So I guess that's wrong. We hit the overnight low perfectly into Sunday morning. Not wrong. And I think we were pretty close to the high on Sunday afternoon. What was the official high, Adam? We were within a couple degrees. A couple degrees. Uh, we had a 60% chance of storms. I think it rained over probably 60% of the area. Well, if it rained over the southern half and a little bit further north. Hmm. Hmm, that's about 60%. Tuesday was, was mostly sunny with cooler temperatures and lower humidity. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't sound like being wrong all the time, does it? I feel like a lot of people just like to hate on meteorologists because it's easy. Natural. We're an easy target. That's, that's right. Uh, and it's just, an, a, like I said, a natural reaction to any time there's something weather-related to post something negative about a meteorologist being wrong all the time. When If you're going to post that, don't be surprised if next time a meteorologist fires back saying, may I see some of the proof of me being wrong? Because you got to give us, we are literally predicting the future. And to not give us a plus minus of two, as we've talked about before, two or three degrees on either side. It's not even what it's about in this case. Yeah. I think this is a comment that's solely going, you know what? I have a calorie of energy I want to burn right now. So let me have this little this little shot I'll take at the weather guys. Hey, they got their likes that they wanted. They got about three likes on that comment. Wow, so. three likes. Yeah, that, that one hurt. <laughs> that one hurt. Not as good as this one, though. I think this is my favorite of the ones that... Yeah, uh, it has to be. ...of, of, uh, of, the, of what we got. Uh, this one comes from Tony. They need more exper- EXP, so experienced weathermen. They are the letter R, not the additional two letters to create the full word of A-R-E. They are starting way too young. I'm assuming that's young. It's spelled Y-O-U-G. And not enough experience. Next thing you know, they will say it's going to snow, Tom. Hmm. Okay, well, the abbreviation for tomorrow is T-M-R-W. T-O-M-M is Theory of Mind Module, which I don't even know what that is. So okay. we're on the same page there. Okay. Um, if you're going to go, Tony. insult us, Tony, uh, please uh, please form complete sentences. It's, however, this is much more entertaining to read. You can you could come at us for being relatively younger, especially myself, only a year and a half out of college. Mm-hmm. However, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, Chief Meteorologist Nicholas Ferrari and our morning meteorologist, Greg Schaup, would, would jump and defend both of us pretty quickly. Um, with real fact. That, yes. That it's not like we're, you know, it's not like those two hit grand slams every day and you and I strike out looking every day. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's, there's We have decades of experience on this team, and the decades that they have acquired trickle down to us. They've shared it. I mean, every yes. day it's conversations helping us, so... We exchange emails. We have full-on conversations about situations and how to forecast them. And we have all relatively the same schooling. 
It's just the real world experience of applying it. And I've been doing this for five years. And even if you're in your normal, even in any field, the more you do something, the better you get at it, the more experience you have. So that's just kind of a cop out. And yeah, like we're going to say it's going to snow at the end of July. Right. Again, another needless. That was two calories burnt trying to figure out how to spell some of oh, those words there. But. He wanted to add on the snow thing. That was a different comment. He replied oh, to his own comment. Okay, real crazy. So that was, yeah, you're right. That was two calories. Look, I'm all about it. If you've got something witty to say, I'm all about it. Uh, we might need to delete this out, but I heard one comment one time about a meteorologist saying, you know, you're a meteorologist, so in your relationships, you have a, a girlfriend. Are you, are you chasing that girl like a tornado? How does that? No, like that's like that's supposed to be funny. Like, oh, like, like yeah, I'm going to visit my girlfriend. Oh, are you chasing her like a tornado? Because you're a meteorologist. I don't know. It's like, a weather pun. It I didn't... felt I felt like that was a bit more witty. Yeah. Than being like, oh, you guys are terrible. Yeah. If you're gonna come at us, come at us with some wit, some humor. We we're both humorous guys. Uh, we can appreciate that. Uh, we enjoy. We rag on each other all the time. All the time, every day. So whenever we see these comments and they are insulting us, but they're not creative, if you're going to do it, yeah. please be creative. Get creative. Honestly, if make it's our a, day. If it's a creative comment, we'll have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, and we'll probably share it here on the podcast. <laughs> Here's another one from Eric. Now, a little backstory here. Of course, we have our severe weather risks. They go from the Storm Prediction Center, marginal, slight, enhanced, moderate, high, a five-point scale. Going into Monday, we had a marginal risk, level one of five. So this is from Eric. One out of five, meaning you don't have a bleeping clue. Well, that that's that's not true. That, that means that the threat for severe weather is fairly low. But we have an ex- expectation of storms, which we told you about, and some of those could have some gusty winds. Yeah, he commented that on my professional page after I put out the heads up. We have a chance for some gusty winds, but we do have a pretty good idea that it's going to rain. I even shared a future cast image of pretty much what all models were hinting at was heavy rain from Fort Wayne to the south moving through right around the 3 to 6 o'clock hour. Guess what time it rained? Between 3 and 6 o'clock with the heaviest rain across the area and... We had storms on the verge of being severe. Some of the strongest ones had gusts getting up to 50. The criteria is winds stronger than 58 miles per hour. So I explicitly said in that post that the severe threat is low, parentheses, one out of five. That was, that's how we rate the threat for severe weather. That was not saying it's not going to rain. That's not saying our chances for rain are one out of five. That's the chances for severe weather. And it's a very complicated science. There's multiple things that need to line up in the atmosphere for severe weather. And fortunately, that day, we had just a few of the components. Nothing was really lining up. So that's why we had the threat so low. And just outside of our viewing area, there were a couple severe thunderstorm warnings uh, for to, towards the Toledo area. So Down south as well. Make sure if you're going to comment, this goes for almost anything on social media, thoroughly read and try and understand what the post is saying. Because I addressed everything 
in that post. I thought pretty thoroughly. If you have a question, leave a question in the comments. We'll, 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 we'll clarify it for you. But no need to insult us saying we don't have a clue whenever we had a pretty good clue that it was going to rain on Monday. Like I said, if you got if you got some sort of witty, witty uh, comment, you know, some about we're weather people, you know, you got some kind of joke, fine. But when it's a comment that just has absolutely no fact behind it or any basis behind it, if we put out a storm chance and and it flops, I'm the generally trying to be the first to get on there and say, oh, I screwed up today. You know, well that's what I've we done do. it a few times. We do that here on the podcast. Right. We have hits, hits and misses. misses. We literally will tell you where we missed on the forecast. And we also take credit for where we were right. So we've been on a string of being more right than wrong, which is our goal all the time. But sometimes when we miss, we miss big. It's just the nature of our job. We understand the criticism, but sometimes it's fun to look back at the comments and fire back whenever we feel like we did a particularly good job with an event and we're still getting hate for the way that we covered it, which I think we did a thorough, a thorough job of giving heads up. And even while it was raining and in the aftermath of all the rain that we saw, even the places off to the North were like, we didn't see any rain. Well, our viewing area is several counties wide, right? It's not just your house. It's if it, it's not going to rain at your house. That doesn't mean it didn't rain in the area. So, Anything else to add? Well, I mean, just luckily we don't, we don't, the, the comments we received are generally about our job. Um, you know, fortunately, I think I've been a lucky one and so have you that we, we haven't gotten a lot of just general hate about who we are and our on-air presence. Um, you see a lot of that going on in the industry and uh, that's, there's no place for that. So no. if it's got to be something negative, I'd rather take this for sure. Oh yeah. This is a little more. Attack laughable. the profession kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, so. Definitely two different things there. Yeah, keep them on the profession, not on the uh, no no personal attacks. That gets we, that gets all real quick. We can uh, handle those uh, professional attacks easily, and we will uh, quip back if it becomes a little bit more personal. That's right. That's right. Let's move on to tracking the topics. Tracking the topics. So, the first item here: rainfall deficit closed. Now, rainfall deficit closed is the same thing that you changed the weather graphic from need some rain, dot, dot, dot. Yes, I did. Because I had it as need some rain going into Sunday morning and then leading into the rain chances for Monday. And then after Monday, I looked, you posted the graphic and you changed the title of it. And I said, there it is. We needed some rain. We finally closed the deficit. And the numbers are stunning. It was. So first off, we set a daily rainfall record on Monday, July 27th. 2.24 2.24 inches, crushing the old record of 1.92 that was set back in 1923. So that was the daily rainfall at FWA, the airport, which, keep in mind, is on the southern part of Fort Wayne, the southern part of Allen County. So areas off to the north saw very little in terms of rain, but those that did from about Fort Wayne, right around downtown and south, saw over an inch and down towards Huntington, they picked up over two inches in the course of an hour. And that led to some localized street flooding and, and just some issues in, in, in flooding downtown in Huntington. So it was a lot of rain in a very short amount of time. 
That's right. I was driving, I was off Monday, driving down from the Sweetwater Sound area up around US 30 and I 69, back down southwest in the county, some on some of the back roads there, uh, particularly Hamilton Road, which runs basically a large extent of the county, but out west. And once I started getting into some of the more uh, wooded areas there, near around Aboit Center Road, Covington Road, um, again, out west. Wow, water was building up quick. I mean, quick. We went from no rain to just a pure, like, monsoon is what it felt like. And by the time I got back to where my apartment is, I mean, we had standing water. Getting in there, we had standing water driving down the Jefferson Boulevard area. Just a lot of southwest Allen County actually took a harder hit than I expected. Yeah, and if you remember on... uh Monday, it was very humid, very Extreme. tropical air mass. Out out the door Monday morning was uncomfortable. Yeah, and we saw uh, the rain almost, I would say, all the moisture that was in the air, it felt like, fell from the sky. And it resulted in all those rainfall totals, and it had a impact on our deficit. So I went back, and I looked. The largest deficit that we had in July was 1.41 inches. That was back on July 15th. That's also the largest deficit that we had for the summer season, which was 3.60 below average since the beginning of June. Now, after the rain, and we had, we've had a couple bursts of rain hit the airport, not necessarily across the area, uh, we now have a surplus of that same number. This was back yesterday of that same number, 1.41. And we're only under on the season by three quarters of an inch. Yeah, that was a serious comeback there after sitting there looking at the numbers getting further and further and further below average over the past few weeks to now come back from just a couple hour rainfall. That's really impressive, but that's what happens this time of the year where you get so much of that tropical moisture to build up in the atmosphere it's going to give. And it it gave a lot for the southern half of the area, which now probably has a surplus in many areas. Northern half, as we've already said, desperately in need of some of that rain. I am a firm believer that the atmosphere, it kind of plays the, the, the law of averages. It kind of plays itself out. Obviously, sometimes we see much greater sort of uh, scenarios where we go way far below average or we're very dry or we were, you know, anomalously hot. At the same time, it seems like while there is no necessarily meteorological principle behind it, the atmosphere finds a way to balance itself out. We know that when there's a lot of instability in the atmosphere and things are getting, you know, very uncomfortable sometimes with humidity and there's a lot of uh, temperature change with height, the atmosphere is very unstable. Well, you get thunderstorms, which help stabilize the atmosphere. It always wants to even it out. On a larger scale, it's interesting to see that the atmosphere has come through here, and as in terms of Fort Wayne numbers, we're right back where we really should be. We've made up for it. As they say, I think we mentioned earlier, not in the podcast, but just outside of the podcast, the movie Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Yeah, there you go. Good reference there. There we go. Life finds a way. That's, uh, oh, Richard Attenborough. Is it him or is it Goldblum? Is it Goldblum? It's been a long time Maybe since it I've is seen Goldblum Jurassic Park. Because he sits there and goes, life, uh, 
finds a way. Yeah, that's a horrible Goldblum impersonation, that's right. but that's the cadence. You do have uh, uh, d- d- dinosaurs in your your dinosaur park, huh? <laughs> Hello. I really hate that man. Are we just going to sit here and start doing Jurassic Park references now? Well, I was at the Four Wing Zoo last week. I started thinking about it. <laughs> where uh, where Sam Jackson says in there something like, we've got all the problems of a major amusement park and a zoo. <laughs> and I think, isn't there a line in there something about, yeah, but at, a, at, at Disney World or something, when the attractions break, they don't. when Pirates of the Caribbean breaks, it doesn't eat the people or something. I think that's one of the famous lines from Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's... It's fantastic. Or the now pirates, I the watch pirates it again. don't attack the people. It's something like that. It's a great movie. It is. I've, I'm a huge Jurassic Park fan. It's top five for me. Really, all that way up there. The Definitely music, the music top too. Ten. Oh, the music really iconic for me. Yeah, it's it's my favorite movie soundtrack. It's I love hearing the Boston Pops play it. There's a there's a couple of videos on YouTube of John Williams who who wrote it conducting the Boston Pops and they play it live. And uh, when the trumpets come in to the big famous fanfare, I'm, I'm a big big fan of it. I think you just get chills. Like whenever they were releasing Jurassic World and the trailer for that just started off with the piano keys. Yeah. St- slowly playing the... And as a side note, what what a... I I didn't think I'd like it going into it. I, Jurassic because, World because or Jurassic, Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park 1 is my movie. Jurassic Park 2? Eh. Eh. Jurassic Park 3? Eh. I think Jurassic Park 3 rebounds off of Jurassic Park 2 a little bit Really? Better. Yes. See, for me, they went down. I um, think it went. It was top-notch Jurassic Park, down, and then back up. What I loved about Jurassic World is you saw the scenes from the original movie, you know, the Welcome Center. You saw a few other uh, scenes. The nostalgia. Uh, buildings, nostalgia. And they did such a nice job playing back to the original movie. Two and three were really not even factored into Jurassic World. That's why I really enjoyed it. It did a great job taking the original movie and revisiting that first island. It'll be interesting because they're coming out with a third Jurassic World. Right. And I think they're getting ready to get back to shooting that. be interesting to see because I didn't necessarily, what was it, Fallen Kingdom was the second one. I don't believe I've seen that. I don't I, believe I've seen that. I don't think it was as good as Jurassic World. That was what I kind of heard and I never really got around to it. So. Because there's nothing like the first. Nothing I mean, what, like it. You're hearing the passion here. There's, <laughs> what what a great thing it was gonna be, the park. You know what I mean? What a what a thought. What a what a great theory that they had come up with, and just to see it go so wrong, partially due to a meteorological phenomenon. Tropical storm coming through, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't I just can't believe it. Dennis Nedry, legendary character. Legendary. Uh, uh, uh. You didn't say the magic word. Uh, uh, uh. Please! Oh, gosh. Jurassic Park, man. Let's go. All right. On to the uh, next thing. Let's move on. Speaking of tropical storms, it's not a storm yet. Please! I just checked. It is still a tropical, potential tropical cyclone nine. And it was, it is on track to become the name that I feared the most on our tropical storm list. And not just you. I think everybody in the industry, judging by what I've seen on Twitter the past week. And I will probably say it wrong multiple times here, so we're going to limit the times that we speak about it. Isaias. Isaias. Okay, well, we're two for two right there. I think that's it. Maybe, Or maybe we're just both completely wrong. Isaias. Isaias. You got to emphasize the third syllable. 
It's a very weird place to put the emphasis. It's not what I think the more you try it, it gets it's one of those things that really will eventually roll off the tongue pretty smooth. I think no, well, like, like Cristo ball. It yeah, just rolls that, off the tongue that, now. That was fun the first few yeah. times. But that one, I think, is easier in the grand scheme of things than Isaias. Oh, maybe a little little bit less natural for us um, just to be used to, you know, how to, how to the, where the accent is. Um, but, yeah, it's been really interesting to see weather Twitter because you've got, I believe it was the National Weather Service in Melbourne put out a video, like an official pronunciation video. That did a lot for me. Um, and then you see other meteorologists who have figured it out and they've been putting out videos as well. Hey, I got it right today. So one guy put out a video. I said it three times in a forecast. I missed it the first two times, but I got it by the third. It's that's how it goes. We're not we're not perfect, as we as we discussed earlier in this yeah, podcast. That's the comments. So this uh, the tropical potential tropical cyclone nine is sitting uh, off to the east of the Caribbean, starting to track towards Puerto Rico. I think they have some tropical storm warnings set. Uh, either later today, uh, at the time of this recording, like I said, it's not a storm yet, but it's on track to become one within the next 24 to 36 hours, I believe. And the track has shifted further west, unfortunately, and it is uh, becoming more of an impact for the Gulf Coast side of Florida. And those winds could be just shy of hurricane strength. Regardless... Even if it's just a tropical storm, if it's bringing torrential rain and wind, it's not ideal. So some people were saying, you know, the the name that Isaias is replacing is Ike. And I've seen a lot of people say, can't we just go back to Ike? And some people are quick to remind us, the names on the National Hurricane Center list, I, I don't have 100% clarification on this, but I've seen it in a few places to where I think this is probably true. The names that are on the list are not just supposed to be the National Hurricane Center taking names from our United States kind of Western Western civilization. civilization. The idea is to have names all the way through the list every year that represent the cultures of anywhere, any type of nation that can be impacted by an Atlantic Basin tropical cyclone, hurricane, tropical storm, depression, whatever. That's the idea behind it. That's why you're going from we had Tropical Storm Dolly earlier this year. Dolly's more of a maybe a common term here in the United States, common name. Isaias, not as much. But the idea is, look, the Windward Islands. You've got the northern portion of South America, the Caribbean, Puerto Rico. You know, just think about all the different nations down there that can have impacts from hurricanes all the way up to the really the southeastern portion of Texas and, and down along the, the Mexican coast too. Yeah, and we're continuing to see these more probably traditionally Hispanic or Spanish names, uh, Cristobal. So right, you're you're, it, it. I think it is cool. Oh yeah, that you're trying to infuse more diversity, I guess, into the into the names, and you're not having Andrew, right. Flo, Sandy. It's helping, it's helping me learn how to say things differently. It's a challenge because we have to learn how to say it for our jobs. So, you know, Hannah, Isaias. What's the next one? I forget what the, what the next storm is. It's becoming a little bit more active out there. They had, they had three lined up, I believe, 
And right now, obviously, the focus is going to be on Isaias. Um, but we're that that dust that we were talking about a couple weeks back dried things out. That is now gone. So we'll start to see some uh, more activity, as we typically do, pick up in August. And, well, here you go. Oh, here you go. Sorry to cut you off. There. Oh, no problem. So we went from Hannah to Isaias, and then we've got Josephine, Kyle. Oh, Josephine. Laura, Marco. Is it Josephine or Josephine? I'm not 100% sure. I don't have the pronunciation guide in front of me, but we'll have to take a look at that. We'll keep an Spelled eye on Spelled like it. Josephine, so well, it's curious for sure. Yeah, the uh, pronunciation guide, big lifesaver with this upcoming storm. Need it. Need yes. it. Well, we'll keep you updated. Probably, uh, I think Isaias will be winding down over the weekend. I don't think we're really going to have any impacts here in the Midwest. I think a system comes through, sweeps everything out. So it's not going to venture into the central part of the country. It's mainly going to hit potentially the Gulf Coast, Florida, and the southeastern U.S., and then get swept back out to sea. Yeah, still some questions there. Obviously, if this were a month from now, I think we'd have some, you know, obviously this thing can still strengthen, but when we talk about that delayed heating effect and the peak season in the middle Mm -hmm. of September, that's when you really start to get the alarms going. Yeah, so keep an eye on it if you know anybody down in Florida. If you may be traveling down to Florida, if you're venturing out during this pandemic and have to travel down there, be aware, potential impacts in terms of a tropical storm, potentially maybe getting up to hurricane strength, we'll see, but it would not be a major hurricane. At least that's the thought now. Yes, exactly. This next thing. One more topic here. One more thing. Sports. Sports. Sports are back. They are. The baseball's been great. Baseball has been fantastic to see. Hockey on the doorstep here. Oh, I saw hockey yesterday. That's right, but but for real hockey on the doorstep here. Well, yes, but... No betting lines. Doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> my body reaction to seeing Connor Sherry score a goal against the Flyers yesterday... Yeah, Philly. Uh, I, I let out some fist pumps. I don't know why. I knew the game didn't count, but it was just, first off, I hate the Flyers as a Penguins fan. Strong word. Uh, I think it's valid. Flyers fans hate the Penguins fans. Penguins fans hate the Flyers. It's the whole Pittsburgh-Philly thing. I've heard that's quite the difference. Like I've heard people from Pittsburgh really feel that people from Philly can stay there. People from Philly really think people out west can stay there. Yeah, they're they're like there is a draw there. Like people, like I've heard people don't like when you group them all into Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, there's a big difference. I've heard that. I'm not from Pittsburgh. My family's from Pittsburgh, but just going back there and just as I've watched these sports teams, I can't stand any of the Philly teams. Wow. And I'm sure they can't stand any of the Pittsburgh teams. That's how it is. A great place to get a cheesesteak, though. Oh yeah. I love Philly. I I've I heard fantastic. Pittsburgh. I've been to. I've actually been to both. Been the both spent more time in Pittsburgh. Did you get Permani Brothers? I did not. I okay. got. I forget. I would not know the name. Uh, there's like a main. There's like a main road that goes through there, right near Independence Hall, uh, the Liberty Bell. Okay, and then this got, is, that's Philadelphia. But, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, oh, I asked I'm if sorry. you'd been to. You said Pittsburgh. You'd been to, I and then Pittsburgh, you started describing Philadelphia. <laughs> you said, yeah, because I was thinking about Permani Brothers, and I jumped to the Philly cheesesteak. Permani Brothers, obviously, the sandwich with, with the egg on it, the famous. It's got an egg on it. Yes, 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 it has an egg on Permani it. Permani Brothers, well, I mean, you can probably get it. That's an their egg. main signature sandwich. Well, I don't get that sandwich. 
Okay, so now we have another discrepancy. That's right. No, Pittsburgh, um, I don't quite remember what I had to eat there. Pittsburgh was the incline. We went up on the incline. Duquesne and you incline? Can, you can see the incline from the back of the PNC Park, or the, technically the third base side of PNC Park. You can see that, and you can also see it from Heinz Field and Point State Park. We did look inside Heinz Field, too. Uh, obviously locked, but it was pretty cool to be able just to walk up there because we parked, you know Pittsburgh, we parked kind of across the street to the east from Heinz Field. You parked? Did you park just, between? Just south of PNC Park. You parked between them? Yes, sort of. That's one of the greatest walks. I went on that walk. So I went, it was PNC Park opening day, and I walked from Heinz Field to PNC Park because I had just went on a stadium tour of Heinz Field right before I went to PNC Park, and walking there on opening day was... That's awesome. pretty cool, yeah. That's pretty cool. Philly, though, there's like a there's a main road that goes through there over the river, and it's got uh, you know Independence Hall, Liberty Bell. It's like kind of their historical side. Mm-hmm. They got like an old church there. They've got I think it's Benjamin Franklin's old home. They got a museum, and then there's a couple places. The the two there's two famous places in Philly for cheesesteak. It's Pat's, and I want to say Gino's. Does that sound right to you? It sounds right. We didn't quite go that far. There was another place that was like the number fourth ranked in Philly, right on the main stretch. We were only there for half a day, just stopping through on the way to Pittsburgh, I believe. Um, so kind of just got a little taste of it. That's where I was I was combining the two. While you were in that historical district, did you happen to see Nicolas Cage with the Declaration of Independence? <laughs> There's actually a really funny story behind this. Oh, so this is back <laughs> this is back before we all had the the cell phones that had the mobile data. So you kind of still had to look ahead. And plan your route. Well, the 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 stuff that we had written down and we're looking at for Philadelphia kind of had us there were some funny things going on there about where to exit and come around to get down to Independence Hall. Okay, so I got my iPad on my on me. Didn't have internet, but was able to get the map with all the street names. And I remember from the movie Fifth and Chestnut. Oh boy, remember? Mm-hmm. So I looked on my map. Fifth at, and Chestnut. I looked at my chest- map and saw Fifth and Chestnut. I was in the back of my car, you know, my dad's, you know, Mr. Travel Dad trying to go, where are we going? My mom's trying to figure it out, like, where are we going? This is New City. We don't have, and I said, Fifth and Chestnut. I pulled up on my iPad. I said, Dad, turn left. We went down. We made a left. Fifth and Chestnut's like the corner where, where Independence Hall is. I said, thank you, National Treasure. I mean, I don't know. I was like, what, 12 at the time or something? I mean, it was. Well, National Treasure is a fantastic film. Love it. We're going into the movies today. For someone like me who's not really into the movies, we're clicking on the movies today. That's my Philadelphia story. What did you think of the National Treasure 2? Two different things. One is better. Two, though, leaves me walking away feeling very good, wanting to know where number three is. Number th- I've constantly been checking every time I see it on TV, when is number three coming? It's apparently in development. Allegedly. I heard at one point they had a script for it, and it wasn't strong enough, so Disney turned it down. But I can't think of a better one-two combo. Those are both very solid movies, like you said, very different. A lot of times you get the sequel that, in my opinion, is worse. A lot of times it seems like that. The sequel was, I won't say it's as good, but it's its on par. Yeah. It's just a different kind of story. Another thought would be Pirates of the Caribbean 1 and 2 both hold their own as well. Yes. Before it falls off. Exactly. I was about to say, and then everything goes downhill. That's that's two examples I have of, of 1 and 2 that have really held their own. Airplane 1 and 2, two different things. Oh, yeah. I don't know which one's better. So back to sports. That's right. Basketball starts and hockey starts this week. Yes. We'll have some hockey to talk about next week. I know. Hopefully the Blackhawks are still. Hopefully the Penguins are still going. Well, they'll still be going because I think they play Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. It sounds right. Oh, boy. So Wednesday could be elimination. We'll have day. an idea what's going on. Yeah, elimination for Edmonton. 
Uh, you better knock on wood. Corey Crawford. He's back. He's back. <laughs> he was unfit to perform, and then he came I, I back. Thought, yeah, I thought he was sitting out. No, he was physically unfit to perform. That's the NHL's new thing, to protect their players. Once Crawford came back on the ice, he opened up and uh, kind of shared that he actually had coronavirus. He was one of the few NHL players to test positive, so he was he kind of went into how he was isolating and stuff. Um, so he was physically unable to perform or unfit to play per the NHL, uh, but it was coronavirus. So now he's back, and, and hopefully he can uh, get some good minutes because we have no chance without Corey Crawford. That's fair. Who are you guys playing? Edmonton. And we got Leon Dreisaitl. We, we got, got Carey Price to deal with. We got problems. But we got a chance. We got a chance, man. Everybody's got a chance. Patrick Kane. You just need two good games from your goalie, and you can steal a series. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, speaking of sports and weather, uh, not this past week, but two weeks ago, the severe weather we were covering ended up going downrange to Muirfield Village. Oh, yes. Thought that was interesting. And one other tidbit about sports and weather, opening night, Yankees-Nationals. Oh, yeah, that was uh, a bummer. A little disappointing to see how long uh, the decision was taking to get the players off the field. Uh, just looking at lightning data, there was, you know, I don't want to be super critical of this because I know there's people making decisions that are at a much higher uh, grade than me. However, I think just looking at the radar data, I thought that was cut extremely close because not only do you have to get the players off the field, but then you've got to get the grounds crew out there. And for my personal opinion, it shouldn't be about are we beating the rain? Obviously, you are know. keeping players safe? It's the lightning. I don't want the grounds crew out there in the middle of lightning as well. I think that's pushing it. Yeah. We've got a good enough technology that saw that storm was strengthening as it was moving east towards D.C. A lot of lightning out ahead of it. I think they, I think they blew it by... 10, 15 minutes. Well, they were doing an interview. I don't know how much you were watching. They were doing an yeah, interview Manfred. with Manfred. And you could see the cloud-to-ground lightning right. <laughs> in the distance like, uh, guys? And I saw a few players look up, and they just kept playing. And then finally the home plate umpire kind of said, we got to go. Um, I, I, That's one thing that was a little, little frustrating, truthfully. I, you don't want to see that, and especially after last year when we had, unfortunately, the situation at one of the PGA events with trying to get people out of there soon enough and, and not having that result with, unfortunately, a fan or a couple fans maybe getting struck by lightning. It's just not something to mess around with. It's not. It, it's something that's so easy to avoid. Thunder roars go indoors, and we got the technology now to where we saw the storm was strengthening. So hate to be a little critical there, but I, I didn't like the look at that. Yeah, that was uh, uh, – it's obviously a tough decision, it being the first game back, but the safety of uh, the players and, like you said, the ground crew, any staff. Yeah, well, it's like we're trying to play through a pandemic here, which is – Already know, tricky enough. It's already tricky enough. We've been having to deal with the weather since the start of time. You know, come on, let's let's be a little bit better there. Uh, if I'm getting anxious on the couch watching the game I really don't care about, I think I think it was a little close, but – Let's move on to hits and misses. Hits and misses. We'll be quick on these. Yeah, we already kind of went over them. We didn't really have too big of misses. Our miss is actually for long-term forecasting because now we have 70s on the horizon. Yeah. While we were forecasting in that same time frame where we currently have 70s, we, you and I were calling for 
mid to even little upper 80s. Yeah, the ridge kept building in at the end of our run, and then it seems like once the last few days of models have come through, really kind of prolonging this cool spell. I'm, well, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. We talk about it all the time. The natural tendency is for you to think climatologically. If we're going into August, it's going to warm back up. We're going to start August probably on a below average note. Very below average with some rain it looks like too possibly mm-hmm. so obviously a little bit out from here but saturday looks okay for august 1st but then it looks like things are going to be a little bit cooler and perhaps rainier we'll see if that forecast holds obviously that's changed from what we were looking at just three days ago oh even you looking at the past few days you've had to make that adjustment down so we it did well good to put 70s in there though i'm sure it's <laughs> the last like we've seen 70 degree days the 70-degree dew point days where we're in the 90s and it feels like close to 100, that's just pushing it. I can do the hot and dry. I don't like the hot and humid. Yeah, that's that's where I draw the line. Our hit, pretty much everything else. We, we As we hit on, we were uh, good on terms of the uh, rain chances for our Monday. Amounts, I don't think I anticipated it being that much, so maybe that's a miss the amount of rain but i would agree with that but there was there was challenges with where the storms were going to develop and if they were even going to develop that's right. over us we were looking at the potential for them to be off to the southeast it's tough it, it was, was a tough call very tricky when i left here sunday morning i had four scenarios that could play out yeah you left all four of them on my desk and i was very confused when i walked in i was trying to save you some time well you kind of made it a little bit longer <laughs> i think so because it was just very delicate um but i'm i am happy that it verified for us because Come on. I mean, you've seen the comments. We yeah. can get it right and still be hated, so let's go. Let's, let's make sure we're right more Bring than wrong. Bring it on. And that's the goal. Let's check the inbox. It's the past the Forecast Inbox. Aaron. Aaron with our past the Forecast Inbox. Think back to Monday, if you live locally, especially in Allen County, south and east, similar scenario here. Why did we have another round of rain Monday evening before the front moved through. So we sort of had this afternoon round of pouring rain. and then We had a we couple had waves of it, too. A couple waves. And then later on in the evening, close to maybe 7, 8, 9 o'clock or so. Maybe a little bit later than that. I think the front took a while to get here. A little bit later, we actually had another rain, a, a round of rain move through. Aaron wants to know, why did that happen? There's actually an answer, a meteorological phenomenon. Yeah, and he might be thinking that, hey, we had all that rain. There's no more moisture out there. Right. Storm system moves through. You think you're, you're generally done for the rest of the night. Yeah, you'll have the front move through at another point. It's not going to bring any rain. That was not the case. As we got closer towards, like you said, 9, even 10 o'clock, if you looked at radar, you saw a little thin band of a heavy downpour making its way. And no lightning associated with it, just very heavy rain moving right ahead of the front. And you have your map So explain what that was. I do. So very interesting here from a surface weather perspective. We had what was called a prefrontal trough. That's a little advanced. That's a little advanced. Sort of what happened here, to kind of break it down for you, the cold front was back to the northwest. So generally Michigan through northern Illinois back down to Missouri, if you kind of think about a cold front along that axis. Well, out ahead of that, was another boundary that didn't have the same characteristics as a cold front. When it moved through, I don't necessarily want to call it kind of a dry line, 
Um, it this, dropped the humidity. This front was very much, it was not a dry line, but it was very much more a dew point front. Sort of a, right. A prefrontal trough with a boundary setting up that really had very humid air to the east of it and less humid air to the west, but still was not the main cold front. Well, that boundary of humidity is actually what sparked the first round of storms before the front came through later in the day. So when you have two pieces playing like that, that complicates the forecast too, because where are the storms going to fire along the prefrontal line or along the actual cold front? Is the prefrontal line going to be east of our area and then the cold fronts are only action for the day? That's where we have the challenges. So very complicated answer there. Uh, just know that we're looking at multiple things and, uh, I'm happy with how it played out. I'll say that. So, Eric, we do have a clue. Aaron. Aaron. No, but I know. Oh. But Eric criticizing us. That's we right. do have a clue. Aaron, right. there's the answer to your question. You can send those to us at pastthefourcast at wayne.com. You can even leave a comment or uh, something like that in our review to give us questions. There it is. There it is. The Past the Forecast podcast, episode 24 got a lot of stuff covered in there what are we gonna do for 25 i don't know but a lot of small talk there just in different directions that's kind of, the it's kind of the beauty of this thing right kind of feeling the energy there got into movies some movies sports that talk. had weather references yes hmm. uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say the magic word i gotta watch that movie now you're gonna go rent it right i got it i've got the whole trilogy the first three in a box set. Santa Claus brought that to me when I was younger. And you only watched the first one over and over again. Pretty much. I'm, I'm really into the first one. Not I, I, The thing is, though, I probably haven't watched it in a year. I, I just haven't have watched seen it, it in multiple years. It's like Twister, the movie Twister. I watched it so much when I was younger that, you know, it's fun to go back and watch, but I don't need to. I know you're going to get, this is rabbit, this is rabbit. Come on. I thought you were about to make another Jurassic Park reference, and then you jumped to Twister. 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 You are all over the place. I am. Maybe I, I am not reading your mind very well today. Maybe I need to watch some movies today. You got Philadelphia and Pittsburgh confused. Not, not on not purpose. Not confused. It was just the was train just of thought the train jumped. Of thought jumped. That's what happens when you have coffee in the morning. It uh, sparks your energy. Hey, we're twenty-seven years strong. Not a single sip of coffee in That's my life. That's good for you, to be honest. I mean. Oh, I know. Once it happens, it's going to happen. You'll do it. You'll oh, I know. It. It'll probably involve kids being around at some point. I'll need an extra pick-me-up. That's right. Get some extra energy going. Mr. Solarzik waking up with his cup of brew. He'll have his Pittsburgh Penguins mug there. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Sounds like the dream. It does. It does, but not for today. No. For today, we're podcasting. This is down the line. We're podcasting here. Well, thanks for listening to our ramblings. That's right. Ramblin' Man. Yes. Almond Brothers. There you go. <laughs> and now we got music references. We'll see you next time as we try and be. I think the number for today has to be 50%. <laughs> okay. We're right about the weather this week. Let's go. This has been Past the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15. <laughs>